There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. This is Desiree for F1Weekly.com. I'm your in-depth correspondent. Let's go with the qualifying, Steve. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 959, October 2nd, 2022, Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say Max Verstappen performance from Sergio Perez. LCH and Toto extend their stay in a blue hotel on a lonely highway. We shall explain gladly. And now back to the Baron Hilton of podcasting, lay charming host, Monsieur Rogers. Thank you, Dancer. On today's program, Red Bull cleared on Coscap. LCH feels bad. For the fans, because only one team is winning. Bizarro. Aston Martin building extra closet space for Alonzo Baggage. And double DNF for Renault. Is it time to pull the plug? And just a reminder, we need your contributions to keep this program up on the servers. Just click on the Support F1 Weekly tab on the front page. You know... You want to. Nas, welcome to the studio. How are you? I am doing very good, sir. Thank you. We really needed this Grand Prix. You know, going a couple of weeks uh, without Formula One, uh, it's not good for mankind. So I am very happy, very excited. Raindrops and safety cars could only mean one thing. A classic Singapore firecracker. And when you add screw up by Red Bull, which is very rare, you get a high probability of somebody other than Max winning a race. The team was same, but the face was different on the top step of the podium. Were you excited about the festivities on race day, sir, and the rain delay? I was excited. I was not excited about the rain delay. I like the rain, don't like the delay. I'm recording on my VCR, and when there's a delay... All of a sudden, my recording gets really screwed up towards the end of the delay. Just for that fact alone, I don't like the delay. Let's think of 1993, Donington, no delay. Thank you, sir. Back to you, boss. Thank you. And question is, what can Ferrari do so they don't win the race, despite starting from yet another pole position? Well, in Singapore, the team did not screw up. But wheel spin, whether it was caused by the driver or the team, we shall find out, handed the lead at the start to Sergio, and this hombre wasted no time in saying, Gracias, muchachas, adios, amigo. But at least the prancing horses, there were two jockeys on the podium, so that was you know, good for the sport and good for them. But Mr. Rogers, you're a man of history. 
The Scuderia reminds me of Bismarck. The ship has gone down and now they're trying to salvage some wine bottles and lifeboats to see out the 2022 season, which, if you remember, started out on such a high note for them. But now that's all dust in the wind. And LCH, I'm sure you know, maybe you are one of them, but you've never said this. The Hemi haters call him Lulu. He started from third, but lost a place to Carlito at the start. Misery loves company. Red Bull had Max and Mercedes had George Russell. Williams had both drivers. Sir, Duke, before we get into nitty-gritty details of the nightly news from Singapore, shall we do a quickie on Quali? Well, uh, absolutely. I mean, Quali is the kingpin in this whole affair with the mistake, again, by Red Bull. Red Bull making big mistakes all of a sudden, and I suspect that Ferrari probably sent them a complimentary barrel of their new tomato sauce. And boom, there you go. It's funny how things work, Nasser. And uh, Christian Horner put some of it in his bangers and mash. You betcha. Okay. Okay, out in Q1 were the usual suspects. Both Williams drivers and the out of favor and soon out of F1 Daniel Ricciardo. Top three were Max Lewis Shaw. And things were looking good for LCH, let me tell you that. K-Mag was 7th fastest and his Haas teammate Mick Schumacher 14th. Q2. Top three, same drivers but in reverse order. Surprise exit was George Russell. Yuki, K-Mag and Machismo made it to Q3. You know what they say, Mr. Rogers? You are known by the company you keep. So now we come to Q3 very quickly. It was prancing horse on pole with Leclerc. Nine pole positions for him this season. Most for a Ferrari driver since Shumi in 2000. And remind me who won the championship in 2000, sir? <laughs> it was your buddy, Shumito. Yes, that was the start of the red domination. Checo was second. Red Bull for the other car went on the Jackson Brown program, running on empty. And they had to call Max into the pits when he was flying to pole position. And needless to say, he was not very happy. And he's not shy with his choice of words. LCH third on the grid, sharing row two with Carlito in the second Ferrari. And you know, Mr. Rogers, LCH was only 0.054 seconds slower than Leclerc's pole time. So it was looking very good for the Silver Arrows. Two Ferraris on the front two rows, so the question was, will they really win the race? My answer was yes with a question mark, thanks to Maranello MO so far this season. Throwing caution to the wind was, if you can crash out of the lead in the dry, it's slippery when wet. With a Ferrari, Ocon and Machismo ahead of Max, victory for Harry Winston's poster boy was looking very possible. And we had six different cars in the top seven. Very, very good for new face of Formula One. So, Mr. Rogers, it looked like we were in for a great race in the streets of Singapore. There has not been much excitement here since Nelson gave Briatore his Waterloo moment. 
What were your thoughts after the qualifying? Did you think LCH could win? Did you think Checo will beat Leclerc? I honestly thought that this could be LCH's moment because Checo could certainly have a mechanical issue. He tends to overdrive the car and did indeed have some maybe software issues, whatever you call it today. But I did think LCH had a moment. And I think he thought he had a moment after qualifying third. And I could tell in his face and the way he was stretching while he was getting in the car, he thought that Lady Luck was back in town. Yes, yes, it was very, very exciting and hopes were very high. And sir, you know this track, Marina Bay Circuit, they were supposed to do 61 laps, but then as it turned out, it became a time race, two hours the max. And the track has 23 corners. That's a lot of turning in a very hot and steamy racetrack. But that's the way it is. So rain delay, everyone started on intermediates. And let me tell you what happened to me, Mr. Rogers. I made a timing error. I was at a restaurant at 8 a.m. enjoying my in-flight breakfast enchilada when I read on autosport.com the race had been delayed by one hour and will now start at 9.05 a.m. FLA time. So I had to do an underlay on my breakfast at Le Peep and get back to Casa so I can watch the action live in living colors. And this restaurant I'm talking to you about Le Peep, uh, it's owned by a Brazilian uh, family. I go there regularly. They don't have a lot of stuff on the menu, but what they have is very good. And when you come here, you will be treated to the breakfast enchilada. It is muy bueno. Excellent. I look forward to the Ortega burger as well. Oh, yeah, but that's only at the Flames in San Ho. Okay, so the race was a doozy. I really enjoyed it. There has always been a safety car in Singapore Grand Prix and with sprinkles on the track. Name of race winner was not obvious before the start, as has been in many races so far this year. I really thought Charles Leclerc will get this one. And I'm going to tell you, Mr. Rogers, what I was thinking. I mean, I was expecting a safety car or two, but I figured if there was going to be a, like a major rainfall during the race, like a completely rain-affected race, then I just knew Max will come through. But it just did not transpire that way. Now on lap 8, Gotifi did a chop sui on Guan Yu Zhou and put the Chinese driver into the Great Wall. Safety car, none of the top runners came for change of tires, which was no surprise. Lap 21, Machismo was out. He said engine, not GP2 engine. And this brought out the virtual safety car, Georgian to take slicks and be the guinea pig for the team. Machismo, I like this shot where they showed Machismo watching the action from behind the fence. Looked like he was watching a race at Folsom Stadium. And even the commentator made a comment, no beach chair at this time. But Mr. Rogers, any driver who starts 350 races in Formula 1 without bringing a dime has to be sitting pretty among the greats of Grand Prix racing. It's amazing this guy made his debut in 2001 and he is still El Machismo, no question on that. 
Were you disappointed to see uh, Fernando Alonso out, sir? I was. He was robbed. I say he was robbed of 60 points so far. Dag it. So, yes, Fernando, no daily luck there, no package. And he's tired of the baguettes and the, the charcuterie. He's done with it. He's ready for some <clears throat> bangers and mash over at Aston Martin. Yeah, and I'm sure Lawrence Stroll will put some sweetness in him by treating him to Tim, lots of Tim Horton donuts, eh? Now, lap 24, we go back to racing. George still only one on slicks, rest on intermediates, and the experiment backfired, at least initially. Lap 26, Albon loses front wing by going into wall of voodoo. Virtual safety car again, which lasted only a lap. You know, Mr. Rogers... Albon, as they were saying on the on the telly, that he was on life support or intensive care unit 10 days ago. I really think what Williams should do is work out a deal with uh, Nicholas Latifi, where they can send him on a two-month vacation in Bora Bora and put uh, Nick DeFries in the car. What say you? I think they should have just put Nick DeFries in the car. For me, simple decision. You know, everybody's lovey-dovey now. It's all PC. I mean, I couldn't believe the press release on releasing Latifi for the 2023 season. I mean, it was as if it was Nigel Mansell. I mean, I don't know. I like really quick press releases like this. You're fired. Well, uh, did Claire Williams write the press release? He used to be press officer at Williams. I'm sure you know that. No, this one was done by Bob Newhart. Oh, very good, very good. Future is bright for uh, Tiffy. Okay, sir. Both Williams out before half distance, plus the Ombre in his 350th race. Lap 28, Ocon brings out virtual safety car Caution. Both Alpines out. DNF due to Dunn blowed up. Lap 30, back to action. This was interesting. Lap 33, LCH does an Elbon and falls into the clutches of Max. Lap 35, Charles Leclerc in for slicks, followed by LCH. I think the Ferrari team really played their pit stop very carefully. Did not try to be hero or do the, you know, uh, dumb as a dodo uh, move. So that was good to see. Now race leader, Checo, who was leading from lap one, he came in on lap 36, same lap. Yuki does Yuki into the wall, out comes safety car. You know, this guy, I mean, I've been following his career for a few years that he has been racing in Europe. He is very quick and very talented and scored on his debut in Bahrain. And I think his party mouth has, has been trimmed now quite a bit. But I'm wondering if this guy really belongs in Formula 1. What say you? No. As a matter of fact, he's getting a lot of phone calls from the figure eight camper series racing in the Netherlands. Well, you may not believe this. I have been to one figure eight racing at the Watsonville Speedway near Salinas. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm diversified in my motorsports interest. Okay. And it was very interesting. Slicks on, soft for Honey Badger. Now sixth, top five on medium. Racing resume and Max takes scape road. And that was the end of him winning the race. Comes ahead of LCH, 
and then into the pits, the possibility of winning the race out the window. George gets a puncture after scrubbing rubber with Mick. With 30 minutes to go, Leclerc looking to deliver a hot one like Domino's all over Checo. DRS enabled for the first time with 30 minutes to go, which was interesting. Did you notice the lack of DRS? And of course, it was because of the conditions on the track. But did you, did you notice the lack of DRS action? I did. I did. You could tell that people were suffering and it became a little processional due to the lack of DRS. I, th I thought they should have turned it on earlier. But once again, I'm still in Donington, 1993. That's good. Now, LCH did a late lunge to pass Seb, but ended up behind Max. At least it was worth a try. I mean, what is he going to do? Max was also able to pass Seb in the final minute. This was interesting, Mr. Rogers. Drivers who were in the top six in the race, not a single championship between them. Twelve championship between drivers in the next three spots. So that was very, very interesting. And late in the race, Charles Leclerc put Checo under tremendous pressure. And for many laps, it was all in the DRS zone. Checo was able to soak up all that was thrown at him and did not crack under pressure. Final analysis. Checo was machismo in Marina Bay. He drove a max race. Let me take one off the Weber grill. Not bad for number two. Second win of the season. Three of his four wins have come on street circuits. So is he the new uh, street hustler, Checo Perez? What say you? Yeah, he's El Machismo. He did bring Mexico a super important victory once again. He is going to go down as the greatest in Mexico. El Mas Macho de Mexico, de Guadalajara. Yeah, as he said, you know, that's how we do it in Mexico and on Discovery Channel. Checo was also going to collect an extra point for the fastest lap, which would have been very nice. But Mercedes played a trick on him and brought in George for new reds. George did set the fastest lap, but did not get any point as he finished outside the top 10. Now, Mr. Rogers, interestingly, Max's fastest lap was only fifth fastest of the race. Okay. And Lewis's fastest lap was only 10th fastest. But... Wait, there's more. This is the third time in a row in the Singapore Grand Prix that the fastest lap was set by the driver outside the top 10 because in the last two runnings, 2018 and 19, K-Mac set the fastest lap in Singapore. And did you like K-Mac hustling with Max at the start of the race? This guy takes no caca from nobody. He's a machismo. He thinks he's really tough. He's got that swagger. Watches a lot of John Wayne movies. You know the type. Yes. Now, in the championship, Perez is third in the, in the standings with 235 points. His teammate, the Dutch Machismo, is the undisputed leader with 341 points. Charles Leclerc was second, again unable to convert Paul into victory. He is also second in the championship, only two points ahead of Checo after Singapore. In the post-race interview, Leclerc said he was not sure if it was wheel spin or some other issue that led him to lose the lead of the race at the start. When he was piling on the pressure on Perez, I was afraid we may have a rendition of take two to tango. 
And did you have any concern that these two youths may take each other out and we may have a surprise winner like Lando or Max or even LCH? Or? Machismo! But he was out! He was out! I know, but he could have ran. No, of course, this was a great race. And I have to admit... This season, it's been all very clean. Nobody's been taking each other out. We're not having the, excite, the excitement we had last year with the craziness at Silverstone and Monza. It was fun, fun, fun. But this year, everybody's a gentleman. I don't know what's... It's, uh, yeah, very clean because if this was a race to take somebody out in, this was it. Man, the race that was race, mother of all races, was the Brazilian Grand Prix. And let me just tell you, I'm not saying this because Lewis won. When you have a battle like that and Dijon Prenois 79 and the Indy 500 last six laps 1982, credit goes to both guys. I mean, what happened in Interlagos last year was unbelievable. You know that moment when they both went way off the track and kept going? That's the image that will stay with me forever. But hopefully we'll have some intense racing this season also you know what would be very good max is going to win the championship what would be very good and maybe in the last couple of races mercedes can give lewis a very competitive car or maybe in brazil once again they can duke it out and may the best man win we're not going to cry if one does not win that'll be very very exciting and hopefully it will happen soon okay so now we come to third man on the podium carlos Sainz jr he got the jump on LCH and never had his podium position in doubt. But at the same time, he himself did not pose any threat to his teammate, which kind of surprised me. Both Ferrari drivers did not lead a single lap. You know, Checo led from start to finish. In seven races since Carlito's victory in the British Grand Prix, this was his second podium after Spa. He is fifth in the championship at 202 points just one point behind George Russell, which is saying a lot. It was a great weekend for McLaren and Zach Brown, both cars in the top five and equally important, both Alpine's DNF. Obviously equally important for them. We don't want to hurt your feelings. Fourth was best finish for Lando Norris since his podium at Imola. He is now sitting seventh in the championship with 100 points. Man, this is incredible. Fifth was Daniel Ricciardo's first top five finish of the season. In fact, first point finish in the last five races. He has scored points only in four other races in 2022. Ricciardo is 11th in the championship with 29 points compared to 100 for Lando, his teammate. No wonder Zach Brown asked him to call U-Haul and send it yourself. And that was Zinger of the day. Lance Stroll was sixth. He drove a pretty impressive race, I have to say. And this was his best finish of the season. Both Aston Martins were in the point, so which is good. Max was seventh. Apart from both being mega talent, Max and Lewis do not have much in common. But on Sunday, they had much in common in their performance and mistakes. Not sure if he's taking any comfort that his teammate won the race, but the big prize is his, whether it happens on the home base of engine supplier on Sunday or some other track in faraway land, we shall find out. 
And just a personal observation and opinion, Mr. Rogers. One thing I will say, based on the way Max was going, if he had qualified on the front row, he would be on a Boss Gags tune. And I think it's one of your favorites. I'll be long gone by the time you make up your mind. What say you? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's his championship. Everybody is going to be cool with it this season, unlike last season, where, I mean, they were talking in the British press how they're going to take away his 2021 championship and give it back to LCH because of cap breaches and all that. But it turns out, no breach. They went over for a couple hundred bucks. So good for Red Bull. They proved they can do it and dominate. And Toto is pissed off. Yeah, the last thing we need, especially after how the championship ended, last thing we need 10 months later, some new evidence comes out and they reverse that. Who wants to win a championship like that? It's, uh, but it was not just British press. It was reported, picked up by all sorts of, uh, racing websites and i say this because i do look at different websites from your shangri-la francia in italia but uh yeah there has to be some controversy in formula one okay uh, moving forward sir we talked about max now we come to seb he was eight his best finish of the season so far was sixth in baku the last time he had a listen to this man four-time world champion the last time he had a top five finish was Spa 2021 behind a safety car. Talk about the importance of having the right package. Days of winning nine races in a row and going ring ding ding are long gone. Pretty soon he will be gone also from Formula One, but he will be well remembered as the youngest world champion, one of the few who won four championships in a row, that magical moment in Monza winning his first Grand Prix and launching torpedoes and cutting through Indian cucumbers. Seb is 12th in the championship with 24 points. His teammate Lance is 15th with 13. So if Lance is going to score 13 points against 24 of Sebastian Ferrell, how do you think he's going to fare against El Machismo de Viva España? Well, El Machismo is going to shake it up over there. Like I said, the closets are being built. They are preparing for the king, King Fernando. And they're going to be whipped into shape. And I'm telling you, we're going to see Fernando on pole in Australia. I think he's going to t uh, turn Lance into the Canadian Stoffel Van Don. Him and Stoffel will text. And then Jaime Algasuari will have a party that he will DJ. And we'll even run into your friend and mine, Adrian Sutil. Yes, just keep him away from champagne glasses. You remember that incident, right, in Shanghai? Yeah, chop chop. Okay, now we come to Lewis Carl Hamilton. What could have been on a rainy night in Singapore? Max 8 on the grid and the 7-time world champion starting from the second row. I thought the front row taking each other out would be an easy PC recipe for winning a race this season, but it did not work out that way. Ninth after starting third was not what Toto wanted to tweet about. But you can't win them all, even if you are Max Verstappen. Pierre Gasly, 10th, he is pissed off about the timing of his pit stop, but I guess he can afford to do that now 
as most likely it will be announced at Suzuka, and this is being reported again and again, that he is being released by Red Bull Alpha Tauri, and he is going all Francais at Alpine with um, Esteban Ocon, and that would mean that Nick de Vries will come and be teammate to uh, Party Mouth. What say you, senor? Very exciting. Alpine are total French now, and that means Escargot de Bourgogne, Cocovin. It's going to be awesome for them. They're going to get fattened up and uh, probably more DNFs. I don't know. I think Renault should really think about other things. The Clio Cup is enough, isn't it? Yeah, the L plan is not going the way it should have gone. What has really surprised me about Renault, because when they announced this hybrid turbo thing, I thought Renault would run away with it because they were the pioneers of turbo and I thought maybe they have a lot of technology stored in archive, how to do things right. But uh, it just hasn't worked out that way. And now the Golden Goose has left the barn, which is, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it will hurt them or not. But uh, I, I want all these companies to succeed. I would love to see BMW come back and Honda officially. It will be nice if Toyota comes back too. More competition, yeah. better it is. But, you know, you just have to deal with what we are being dished out now. Any other comments on the race? Anything you like, uh, you did not like? I don't like delays. I thought the race was exciting. On back to Renault real quickly. I mean, they're still reeling over the Carlos Goshen thing, which was really bizarre. And the Nissan Alliance. I, I don't see Renault sticking around much longer. We'll see if they sign the new Concord Agreement. But I don't think so. I think they want to move along and uh, maybe do more Twingos or something. But the race was great. I can't wait for Japan. Max can do it. This is a Max kind of Grand Prix. I'm telling you. And you know what? I'm getting a little thirsty. So why don't we take a quick break and let's hear these messages. Hi, my name is Linus Lundqvist and you're listening to F1 Weekly. Uh, I am Rene Anu and you must uh, listen like me, F1 Weekly. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. And now as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the Swami himself, Nasser Hamid. Thank you, sir, and we haven't said this in a while, so let me say Greetings and racing regards. Today we have racing on two wheels, four wheels, and possibly no wheels. We shall explain gladly. We shall start with MotoGP. I guess Murray Head was right. One night in Bangkok makes a tough guy tumble, and that's what has happened to the championship leader in your fellow Francais. Monsieur Fabio Quattararo. His championship lead has been cut down to two points by Francesco Paco Benyaya, who finished third. The race winner was Miguel Oliveira for KTM. Ducati riders were second and third as Jack Miller finished ahead of Paco. Honda man Mark Marquez was fifth. Only three races remain in the season. This was very interesting, sir, a WRC World Rally Championship. Kale Robanpera won the Repco Rally New Zealand. 
in his Toyota Yaris, and with it became the youngest ever World Rally Champion at the age of 22. Very impressive. Previous record was 27 years for Colin McRae. Kali is the son of Harry Rowan Pera, who was also a rally driver. And Harry Rowan Pera was doing rallying when motorsports in this country were shown on speed vision. And we all know what happened to that. Kali is the first champion from Finlandia since Marcus Kronholm in 2002. Now we move to IMSA Petit Le Mans from beautiful road Atlanta, not too far from Atlanta, Georgia. Victory in the race uh, went to the Meyer Shank team, and the race was, of course, the season finale called Petit Le Mans. Tom Blum Blomkis, Oliver Jarvis, and Elio Castro Neves. They were driving uh, for Meyer Shank and won the race because two Ganassi teammates did a Luis Nico from Barcelona and handed the victory to them. And you know, Mr. Rogers, Tom Blomkis is the son of Stig Blomkis, a World Rally Champion from Sweden. It's very interesting. He's quite the international character. His father is from uh, Sweden. His mother is from New Zealand. And he races under a British license. So, very interesting. Going back to Formula One, sir. Peking duck to stay in Swiss Pawn. First Chinese driver in Formula 1, Guan Yu Zhou, will race again next season with Henville Base Sauber Alfa Romeo team. Guan Yu Zhou reminds me of Sergio Perez and Graham Hill. Not the fastest drivers of the era, but they all applied themselves to their craft and through hard work and dedication did well in the beautiful world of Formula 1 motor racing. I have a feeling that Guan Yu can do what Checo has done, that with some help he has made it to Formula 1 and then through good dedication and seriousness and not being like Yuki, they will carve themselves a pretty decent uh, Formula 1 career. Okay, sir, last uh, week you were talking about Ugo Ugo Chukwu. So I said, let's take a look up what him and this guy, I've been talking about Kimi Antonelli, both have come through the karting around the same time, both won championships, so which is very impressive. Okay, now Ugo Ugochikwo, apparently his mother is a Nigerian model and the family is based in New York City. Okay, and let's see what is going on here. Ugo is racing in the British F4 as a member of the McLaren Driver Academy and Kimi has been in the Mercedes program for a few years already. Antonelli is leading the, I believe it's the Italian championship that he's leading. And uh, there is a kid by the name of Alex Dunn. He's leading the British F4. But Uko has won races and is very competitive. And I have a feeling that since both of them are not in the Red Bull program, they're not going to be pushed through the, what I call, motorsports abattoir. So hopefully they will, you know, make it to... Make it well in Formula 3 and Formula 2. And man, if you're going to take three years to get into, to win the F2 championship, then don't expect a ride in Formula 1. That's my advice to these uh, kids. Okay, now going to back to Miss Formula 1, Senor Binotto has big hopes for new Russian rocket. Not too long ago, Ferrari Driver Academy had three weapon snappers in their stable. One was Mick Schumacher. 
he won both the Formula 3 and Formula 2 championship that allowed for a seat at Haas. Yes or no, do you think Mick will be in Formula 1 next year? He just might. I, you never know. They could just squeeze him in, maybe. You know, I'd be very surprised if he's not. If, uh, if De Vries goes to um, Toro Rosso, then there is a seat open at Williams, right? Maybe he can go there. That might be a better place for him. And you know the boss man there is another German guy, Jos Capito. See, he might, he can do what you say, Flegel Flugel with him and be in a better environment than Haas. But we will see. Now, from the other side of the world, Ferrari also had Marcus Armstrong in their arsenal. But to be fair, he did not have the explosive charge they were hoping for. So they dropped him from the academy. Marcus is now continuing to race in Formula 2 without their support, but he has not been able to bring home the bacon or the broccoli beef, whatever the flavor of the day is for them. The third young charger was from Russia with love till the invasion of Ukraine, Robert Schwarzman. And I, I thought he was very good and I felt the same way about Marcus Armstrong, but both have kind of really not done the job in Formula 2. He did win the Formula 3 championship, but could not do the same in Formula 2. But Senor Binotto is very high on him, saying that he has been very impressive every time they have tested him. It is possible they may replace Mick Schumacher at Haas with Robert Schwarzman. He is a good talent and also come across as a nice young person. Now he's trying, he is avoiding being a Russian driver by racing under an Israeli license. So. You do what you got to do. While we are on the subject of Formula 2, I had high hopes for another Kiwi, Liam Lawson. And he has done very well, but you know, if Red Bull is not promoting you to Formula 1, chances are Dr. Marco is not too thrilled with you. So I'm glad he's still with the uh, program. And even Dr. Marco has said that Liam is not ready for Formula 1. Among the young drivers that you are following, Mr. Rogers, is there anybody that stands out that you would like to see get into Formula One apart from your main love, uh, Colton Herta? <laughs> Colton Herta is my new love. And unfortunately, the boat has left the dock. It's over. Colton has burned his passport and said, I'm staying in America. So there you go. It's over, Nasser. Okay, so now a quick look at the uh, 2023 Formula 1 season. 24 races plus 6 sprint races. So we'll have 22 Formula 1 races. The venues for the sprint races will be uh, announced later. I think a sprint race in Baku will be interesting. But please, no sprint in Monte Carlo. Where would you like to see sprint races, sir? <laughs> at Coda. No, that's a nice, a nice track. I think it would add really an exciting flair, especially if it rained, Texas rain. Yes. Well, I was there one year when it rained and I had to abandon going to the race because I could not park my car in the, in the, on, on the ranches they have there, uh, because I had an evening flight. So what these things happen. Okay, sir, let your love flow. Mercedes have extended their partnership with Malaysian oil company Petronas. Beyond 2026, Toto said, and I quote, Today we are doing something a bit unusual. 
announcing a partnership that will begin in four years' time, end quote. Then he also said, and I quote, this sends an important message. Our team and Patronus are no longer just partners. We are family. one team for many years to come, end quote. All I know, Mr. Rogers, when big, big money moves, especially from these countries where you don't have a lot of accountability or one man runs the show, some people do get very, very rich. And the way I look at it, I know Petronas has bought an Italian oil company and other stuff, but I have never seen a Petronas gas station in USA or a Petronas petrol pump in UK. So I don't know what they're getting out of this big, uh, and I'm sure they're spending, my guess is probably 30, 35 million dollars minimum a year. What say you? Well, there you have it, Petronas. Yeah, they're sort of a sneaky organization. No, you're right, but that's the way it is. You know, there's people, I mean, and, and now they're a family, which is really good. We are family. That's bit, I like that. Okay, uh, speaking of money, next we have more money issues. Show me the money, Porsche. Their engine deal with Red Bull may have gone kaput, but their IPO has raised billions and billions for the parent company, V-Dove, famous for Beetlejuice and clean diesel juice. Danke schön. VW sold 911 million shares of Porsche, and that was by design, matching the model of that iconic vehicle. Now, they are now listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. And so if you want to buy uh, shares, you can do that. And this thing is now valued at about 72 billion US dollars. Very, very impressive. Okay, what else can we tell you? Okay, man, this is, it's sad, but I'm not surprised. It's about Formula W. They were in action also in Singapore, and the race was won by a Dutch driver, Bikeske Visser, and Miss Jamie Chadwick, the only champion they ever had, she crashed out. But Bad Moon is rising over the series. They may be turning on the blue light spatial soon and go the same way as Kmart, out of business. This is being reported by the Guardian newspaper in UK. Apparently, the CEO of the series, Miss Catherine Bond Muir, has already told drivers that the series is facing financial difficulties and soon to be champion again, Jamie Chadwick may have the same fate as the A1GP champion Nico Hulkenberg. She may never see the prize money. Failure of any racing series for motorsports fans is sad news. But what were they expecting for a series featuring drivers who are racing among themselves? But if you put any of these in a mainstream series like a Formula 2, Formula 3, it will be almost impossible to see any of these drivers in the top 10. And that's not being a cute comment, it's just reality, you know, based on, because most of these girls have raced in these series. You know, there was, there's a girl they have, uh, or have had recently, 
Wikipedia Italian. Her mom is English. My God, man, I, I cannot even believe that they would have somebody like her thinking she can make it to Formula One. All the money in the series that the series has spent on paying for each and every driver traveling all over the world, and I'm sure they're not staying at Hotel 6. I think they, this could have been used in a much uh, lower level of racing, karting or Formula 4, and find some really young, talented girls. And I'm sure they are out there. It's just a matter of bringing the sport to them or them to the sport and giving them decent opportunity. I'm not aware of it, uh, but you're a man of uh, fear and faith. It is. I don't know if it's in any holy book that a female racer has to be in Formula 1. What say you on this issue, sir? It's very simple. To be honest with you, the female driver to be in Formula 1 has all to do about men feeling guilty about being chauvinistic. If she can do it, that's great. But we all know she probably can't. But also men really love hot women that know how to drive really, really well. It's called the ultimate machismo. And I hate to say it, but it's a fantasy. The ultimate machismo doesn't exist like el machismo. Oh, wow. Very impressive. I think some of these ladies could have established a decent career as a professional driver in some GT series. Trans you know, there was a lady here, Amy Ruman. She won the Trans Am Championship back-to-back. -back. Um, so it can be done. But you have to be realistic, you know. You cannot bring uh, somebody who really has not much speed into Le Mans 24 hours or Dayton or 24 hours. And then, like, you know, for example, uh, Jamie Chadwick uh, recently said that her goal is to reach Formula 1 in five years, which is he'll be at the age of 29. And that's, you know, at 29, you're not going to turn into Toto's Rosanna that he will sign you up immediately. In the world of motor racing, when the music stops, the slowest drivers do not have a seat. Fast trains are available to the Maranello and Milton Keynes stations for a seat fitting if you are as quick as you-know-who. You already said it. Machismo. Okay, Mr. Rogers, do you have anything else to say before we come to uh, Musical Mondial? Well, I think the best thing to do is to really be quiet and stay out of trouble, Nasser. That's what I'm going to do. Obey the law. Yes, I'm not one to fight the law. Yes, you're not going to go out and burn down the local Safeway or a Flame restaurant. No, sir, I detest any kind of heat source. Yes, sir, cool. Okay, sir, at the beginning of the show, we got into Blue Hotel. Now we come to Musical Mondial. At the beginning of the show, we got into Blue Hotel. It's time to check out with Mr. Chris Isaac, the best thing to come out of Stockton, California. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Bye-bye. Good night. Don't worry.